All right, we are live. Happy Sunday, fun day, people. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to uh, the Hubby Wifey Hustle. We've taken a few weeks off. Yeah. Recharging. Have we? Yes. Doing we things. Have. Launching have, How many of you guys went to the snow in the last, in this weekend or the last few? We got some snow on these surrounding mountains. Yeah, it's been awesome. And you look around and it kind of looks like Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> so, so green. I don't know what Ireland looks like, but I hear it's green. It's been raining the last <clears throat> few weeks, so we've just been sleeping on Sunday. Yeah, it's been cool. We've had a few things going on weekends, weekends. We've had uh, over the weekends, we've had some some shoots, uh, been out of town, some weddings. travel days, weddings. Like it's just been a crazy couple Bridal weekends showers. and we've been exhausted. So There's like a million family birthdays for us in February. Yeah. Like everyone was just born in February. So that tends to happen. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, today we well, thought it would be cool in the spirit of uh, tax season. <laughs> Who loves taxes? Put your hands down. Mm, nah. um, and we thought it'd be nice to <laughs> kind of chat about um, taxes, not ta- not taxes, ta- talk about finances. Um, particularly two focuses of it, uh, one in like the marriage kind of unit and how finances work, at least for us and the things that we've had to go through from a financial perspective, uh, things that have stuck out to us and worked for us as well as, um, like within like a business unit and running your side hustle, how you're dealing with finances from that perspective. Well, uh, we've just learned some tips and tricks over the years because we both have um, our own businesses. And when you're self-employed, taxes are different. And um, so you have to be claiming things. You have to be on Mm -hmm. top of keeping track of everything and your receipts and your inventory. So we've just learned a lot through trial and error. Yeah, and, and pff- you get more. Sorry, you get more money back when you are keeping track of your receipts and everything like that. So yeah, so it works different for those of you who are W two employees. Um, like uh, my day job, for example, everything I do during the week, um, I get a paycheck and the taxes are taken care of and. It's great, you know, taxes are taken out before they actually, my paycheck comes to me. And then at the end of the year, I just claim my my uh, my thing. And you don't really claim like business expenditures, such as like a portion of your house being written off because you do business there. There's not necessarily as much of that. There's some things yeah. that you can claim for the vast majority of the time. If you don't claim anything other than your income, um, you're fine. You know, you don't have to worry about all these additional anomalies, things that actually feed into the business. But because we have my heart business and mm-hmm. his photography and videography and yep. then my Cinegen's lip sense business and now click our new baby business yeah. that we're growing. We just have so, <laughs> so many. That we gotta yeah. keep. So just recently we made a big change in how we keep track of it. You want to talk, talk about that? Um, which change? So we decided to get a credit card just for oh, yeah. our business purchases because we're like, some of our Amazon purchases are for business, yeah. some are on the credit card, and we need to keep track of all these to write these off. So we got a special credit card just for all our business purchases so they are all in one place and we can write those ones off and keep our personal yeah. expenses separate. Yeah, I do all the uh, accounting for all of our businesses for the most part. I hate part. numbers. I hate counting. <laughs> I make him do it. So I have a big, massive (laughs) spreadsheet that I use for all of our uh, expenditures. And um, what my process, and I'm terrible at it, is I go through every month or try to, and then I skip three months, and then I have to do three months of backlog, and it's a pain in the freaking tuchus. And so I 
um, I, I have a spreadsheet and I go through all of our bank statements and I go through and I'm like, okay, da 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 like this is food, this is, uh, you know, I'm doing all the things and I hate spreadsheets. calculating basically. So we get a good idea of what we're spending every month and what we're making every month yeah. and uh, where if we ever have to forecast, you know, it can change our forecast of what we use for giving, what we use for uh, food, what we use and projection for um, a whole host of things to just kind of run our our day our daily lives. And so, well, it came to a head because I started things get so freaking confusing when you all mm-hmm. of a sudden start fudging the lines together. You know, Amazon purchases that could be a whole host of things. That could be food. Yeah. It could be um, presents. It could be. Um, like personal clothing items or like mad money, like crazy expenditures. It could be business things you purchase on, you know, Amber's, Amber was just on Amazon purchasing like little gift bag things. Bubble so, mailers for my orders. Yeah. So, it, but it's all classified as Amazon. So I was just, I was like really confused and, and really he's a frustrated. trooper because he files our taxes himself. He mm-hmm. does TurboTax. So he's the one who does our yeah. taxes. We don't hire a guy to just take care of it for us. So, so one of the things that we, uh, one of the first encounters that we had with this uh, within our marriage, once we got married, coming up on seven years, uh, so we'll be seven, celebrating seven years next next, next month. month. So, uh, but the first year, one of the f- first things that kind of came out, I was so used to, um, I would, you know, I had my photography business, I was serving at the time, and I, I would have this process, I'd pull money in, I knew how much I was making, and then I'd save up, and then I'd go buy something. He would not just buy something. He would buy, like, expensive somethings. Yeah. Like, really expensive photography equipment, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't even tell me, and then he would, like, drop, like, a grand on, like, a camera, and I'm like... Or more. We need to talk about this. What is our system yeah. for big purchases? Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to have a strong communication point because <laughs> we had to figure out a new system. And so... Like, where's this money coming from? Are yeah. we rich and there's just like money I don't know about? And it was all there. It wasn't like I was pulling money out of thin air. But, but it was, she was wasn't no feeling... There was no communication on there. She wasn't <laughs> feeling comfortable with it. So what we ended up doing was um, I opened a separate bank account that I called my reinvestment account or my investment account. So with every paycheck from the photography stuff, I'd take a portion of that and put it in that. Take a portion of that, I actually started a tax savings. So this is another key point. If you guys are running your own deal um, and you're not thinking about putting away money for taxes, you need to do that. You absolutely need to do that. If you own your own business, you should set aside money. It is a great way to get behind. Now there's two ways you can do it. I won't get into the details of it because I probably don't even know all the ins and outs of it, but there's two ways you could do it. Uh, The first way is you just pay all your taxes when tax season comes around, right? So that means you don't have to pay anything throughout the year. All your income that you have coming in, that's the income that you can use or not use or do whatever you want with. But then when tax season comes around and you claim how much you made, it's going to, you know, the IRS is going to basically be saying, okay, cool, you made that much. This is how much you owe in taxes mm-hmm. based off your tax bracket and all the different and then criteria you could be like, they use. Oh, crap. We owe like we owe thousand dollars. I have yeah. friends that do this. We have a $15,000. And it's like, I didn't then put you have away to for that. Take out a loan to yeah. pay the <laughs> take out a loan, or you defer payments, and it's it's a nightmare. So what we do, and we've always been pretty good about this, is I we we take a third of whatever we make, and it goes directly into a tax savings account, and this tax savings account just builds up over time. We don't touch it. We don't no. touch it for the entire year, and so when the tax season comes around, after we claim all our income, write everything off, um, whatever we owe the IRS comes directly from this tax savings account. 
And because you're writing off so many things, that amount that you actually owe decreases, right? And then whatever's left over in the tax savings account, that becomes our refund, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. we'll always end up owing things because we're not paying throughout the year. But but at the end of the day, whatever's left. We usually have put away aside more money than we owe them, which is good because then that we get to keep and that's like fun money or whatever. The other method you could do is you basically tell the IRS, hey, I'm expecting to make $40,000 this year. And uh, what they'll do is they'll quarterly your tax payments. And so um, I think it's quarterly. And they'll basically say, cool, based on that projection of $40,000, you're expected to pay X amount of taxes, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and then come tax season, when you report actual earnings against that, if you made more than $40,000, you'll owe the IRS. If you made less than $40,000, they'll owe you, and that'll become a refund. So. Nice. That, those are two different ways that you can do it, but we figure just put it away. Don't touch it. I'd rather... If you take it out right away, it's yeah. almost like it doesn't exist and you don't miss it. I'd rather <laughs> operate as if we like live our lives in a sense uh, a little bit more frugally than put ourselves in a bind to where we can't get ahead or we can't keep yeah, our head above water. Yeah, if you live water, above you know? your means and take That's all your money I mean, yeah. and just like, oh, we have all this money. What are we going to do with it? You end up spending way more of it than you would have hoped. And then you wish that you would have kept a nice little nest egg. And that's another thing aside. um, You should always have like an emergency fund Mm -hmm. to cover like three to six months of rent. um, Yeah. So for those emergency. I don't know those of you who are Dave Ramsey fans. He's a he's got a lot of knowledge out there on this. Um, I know we have a lot of friends who are big Dave Ramsey fans. I've listened to things of his here or there. But it's just he's very practical in like how he approaches finances. My parents uh, came from the guy before Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is like the mo- the more contemporary mm-hmm. like finance dude, but there was a dude before him in like the eighties who's very very similar, and they adopted a uh, an envelope system, and um, so that always stuck out to me. And that was that we kind of adopted something similar. And you know we always you know we we go over and we go yeah. into our thing, but it, it go into our accounts. But the envelope system basically is like here's the cash amount that we're slotting for these different things. Yeah, and at least I think. I don't know. I won't speak for you, but I, I think it, it keeps me just a bit more conscious yeah. of the It made dollars. me conscious of how much more I spent on groceries than what we were originally planning. Yeah. I'm like, we always spend more on groceries than what we have in the envelope. Yeah. So it makes you aware of where your spending is really going and, mm. and where maybe you you know, don't spend as much as yeah. you thought. And for you guys listening, if you do have questions like about finances, feel free to drop them in the comment section. Um, we or will any tips and tricks that you have tips and tricks you have things like there. that. Like, uh, it, let make it a dialogue. We'll totally answer whatever we can as we see them pop up. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of one of the big things was we had to separate the finances. So Amber felt good about, okay, when he makes an investment, he's pulling from that yeah. pool of dollars, right? We made um, we made a pact too. Like if a, a purchase is a, over a certain amount, mm-hmm. then we needed to like talk to each other about it. Yeah. That number has changed over the years. At first it was like, if it's over $200, we should yeah. just mention it before we buy it. And that's kind of grown higher mm-hmm. over the years because my Cinegen's orders are usually like more than that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, I feel better knowing that his 
you know, expensive camera or mm-hmm. video equipment is coming from his reinvestment account, which is money yeah. that he has made from his business and he's reinvesting it. And so I'm like, okay, we have the money he saved up for that. Mm-hmm. It's not just coming out of thin air. And um, he always tells me when he's thinking of like buying a new camera or selling one and, you know, yeah. upgrading or whatever. So you talk about the really big purchases. And it's important too, uh, for all you guys out there who have expensive tastes like I do. Um, <laughs> You, like you gotta preface it in the right way, so it's like if I tell her, "Hey, hey I'm doing this. I'm gonna buy a camera," or I'm thinking about buying a camera. I know I anticipate her objection. First thing that's gonna <laughs> pop through her head is, "Where's that money coming or from?" Or how much is it? <laughs> or how much is it? And so, like for example, I just I've been downsizing some of my camera equipment, and so um, <laughs> comes with some purchases. And so what I was telling, I was like, I'm selling off these to invest here and I have X amount in the reinvestment fund. That's where the money's coming from. We're not going to go under because of doing this. So uh, just communicating all those points, making sure. And over time, I think in the relationship, over time, you'll build trust with that. I, there's definitely has to be an amount of trust between each other when it comes to purchases. Um, I have to trust Amber, otherwise she's not going to trust me and she has to trust me, otherwise I'm not going to trust her. And so that mm-hmm. trust has to be mutual. Yeah. So. And he's taught me a lot over the years. Like when I first started out with my harp business, I've been doing harp for decades now, um, at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know to like save my gas receipts or to save any like meal receipts of when I was yeah. out on a gig or any like receipts for music or harp strings or anything harp related and now i have even more of those types of purchases with my synogens business like any lip related item that i buy Mm. or clothing for events or flights flight tickets to the different trainings in different states like all of these things are write-offs and i was horrible and that's all money that could be coming back in your pocket in your tax refund if you are good at keeping track of it yeah, those are the costs of doing business, right? And it, it operates a bit differently. Um, you know, we can get into different business models at some point, but services businesses are completely different in this respect than um, product-based businesses are. And this was something that was new for us. We've always been in service. And so the, um, you know, the, the product base is a bit, it's a new, it's new kind of uncharted territory. But ultimately, mm-hmm. anything that goes into the potential of developing a sale, or furthering business operations, those could be potential write-offs. So yeah. when you go, when Amber goes to trainings, um, that's something that she could write off because it's furthering the education she needs in order to sell the product. So it's directly related to potentially increasing sales. And so it's a it's a business function at that point. Even yeah. going on lunches, you're going on lunch with a potential when you're prospect. Talking business. Talking or business. Whatever. If she goes for her MLM type thing, if she goes um, out with a downline to talk to them about their business and they go out to lunch, she can write that off because it's a business operation that's furthering the business. Uh, or the potential business that'll be generated. So it, it it was really fascinating when you really look at it, how much you can write off. Uh, because especially if you're a type of business owner that's constantly involved in business operations. Yeah. So and we are usually talking about one of our like many side hustles <laughs> at a lot at of any given moment. <laughs> and I think the biz the best decision we've made recently was making a separate business account for those expenses. Now we know all the business expenditures are going to be on on the same card, mm-hmm. the same account. Some people do a checking account just for business. So whatever is in there is what you can spend and you can't spend over it. So if you have a hard time keeping yourself accountable, if that account is empty, 
you're done with your, mm-hmm. you know, some people need that accountability. If a credit card's too dangerous, make it a business debit account type yeah. of thing, you know, so you don't overdraw. Yeah. So, cause some people have a hard time getting, you know, multiple credit cards. And if you guys are still, did you want to talk about debt and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that? So uh, funny story, uh, when Amber and I met, <laughs> so we funny. were, I remember it vividly. We were at her apartment. <laughs> we were just engaged at the time. And there was always this talk about student loans, you yeah. know, student loans, whatever. He went to Northridge, so I he was Northridge, like debt-free. Cheapy school. I mean, my parents were, I was very fortunate enough to have my parents pay for my tuition. I just had to cover books, and right? He lived at home. Um, yeah, for a short time. I lived yeah, out in Northridge. Yeah. But they, uh, so we were at her apartment and she was like, oh, babe. I, I asked her before, I was like, how much are your student loans? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I had some. Okay. I was fresh out of college, so and, I wasn't like too worried. Yeah, and she <laughs> That's when it's the worst. I condensed <laughs> all my I think I came to you and I was like, I condensed my loans down. So now it's like mostly all in one place. Yeah, so she's like, I consolidated my loans. Yeah, consolidated. And so and so she she shows me she shows me the uh, statement for the consolidated loans and it was like twenty four thousand dollars. And I was like, Okay. I don't even think okay. that was all of it. That's not, that's not, the story gets better. Oh, so yeah. like, that's, that's not bad. $24,000. Okay. I guess we I went to a that. private school yeah, to a private and I school. stayed in the dorms for a few years. So all of that accumulates. And then the next day she goes, Hey, I got another one in the mail. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. How much is this so one? before I know it, there are four of these statements. <laughs> And it totals like $38,000. And so this was the debt. I was like, I'm debt free. I'm like living the life of a server. I'm making the dough, you know? And so I was like... Living on tips. Living on tips. And but I had great parents who did help out as much as they could. Mm-hmm. So it could have been far worse. Yeah. It could have. It absolutely could have, especially at a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we that was what we had incurred going into... Um, marriage life. going into married life yeah. and so the question was shoot well what do we do i mean amber and to put it in perspective like we're getting married we were jobless when we got married and we, we had thirty eight thousand dollars we had jobs until like a month before the wedding and then we were both transitioning into new jobs it was pretty scary it's a time. very nice way of putting that we lost our jobs for <laughs> we're transitioning <laughs> i had one the next month it yeah. wasn't too bad but it wasn't too bad we figured it out yeah. um so we had uh so we had thirty eight thousand dollars in debt yeah and um and we had to figure out what to do with it i think both our cars were paid off at this point right uh both our cars were paid off hers was like on the fritz it was yeah like it was dying. pretty old pretty old and so i mean there, that's potential he expense had some right? money in the account and i was like pretty pole yeah. So we had like, I mean, we probably had like seven or eight thousand dollars in our to savings our name, account. Yeah. Um. So we went ahead and we did. Uh. We just started every month whatever we could. We just would throw it down on it, and then uh, then things started to pick up. Amber got a better job. We were she was making more money. And, and whenever then, we would get like an extra bonus in our paycheck or yeah. like um um an extra week you know in the month and so you got a bigger paycheck we would throw that towards yeah. the chunk of debt totally. just throw bigger chunks at it over time every whatever time, we could yeah every time i booked a wedding all the excess that actually went into the to the kind of expendable accounts those would go directly towards 
taking care of knocking out debt. We just knock out debt, knock out debt as much as we could because I knew that we wanted to get ahead of that. We want, and it's like, you know, 10 years from now, we're never going to say, oh, and I, I really wish we didn't pay off our debt 10 years ago. <laughs> I wish we you know? didn't pay it off so fast. Um, and so we just were knocking things out. And there were, there were two critical points where we were like, you know what? Let's just kill it. Let's just. We took a so huge we took, chunk we just, of our savings. Yeah, we almost all our savings. We we literally emptied our savings to close out these loans, and we ended. Up, how scary. long did we take it? A it year was, and a half, it right? Was a leap of faith. I feel like after two, only two years two of years being so, married, yeah. we paid down. Yeah. Those loans paid it all off, and um, so it was just yeah. disciplining yourself to Every take month. care of the debt, and it came at sacrifice. I mean, those were. Yeah. Those are thousands of dollars that we could have spent saving up for uh, a down payment on a house or putting towards the lease on a new car or putting towards down payment on a new car because our cars were older. (laughs) We could have gone to Europe again. Yeah, we could have gone on more trips, more vacations. Those are things that uh, we were forsaking. We were sacrificing those because we knew we wanted to get ahead of this. Granted, so we didn't have us. kids at this time, so it was yeah. a little easier. We were in our first few years mm-hmm. of, of being newlyweds, so yeah, that so is easier. So we knocked it out again. I don't, I don't have no regrets about knocking it out, depleting our savings. Like we're better for it. Then we were able to start saving up yeah. for a new car or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, and uh, we always buy yeah. like certified used. We never buy like new. new yeah, cars. we always buy. That's another thing: <laughs> buy used car because when you drive a new car off the lot decreases in value so it's we try yeah. and i mean we try and be conservative in, in that respect when it comes to the finances yeah um but that was a very real deal that getting like, out from debt it's like the biggest i know those of you who have gotten out of debt before yeah. it is the biggest um it's the biggest weight off your shoulders and all when financial you get burdens debt. i feel like are huge weights when it comes to like being married i feel like one of the biggest areas of contention yeah. in a marriage can be finances and so getting out from under that credit card debt or student loans mm-hmm. or car debt i mean house debt is healthy some car debt is healthy yeah but um getting out from the other stuff as quickly as possible just helps with the making your everyday life as married couple or with kids just less stressful. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we did it. I feel like it was our own version of Dave Ramsey. I've never taken his class or anything, but I know a lot of friends who have gone through his program mm-hmm. and got to celebrate being debt-free and everything. And so um, our first few years of marriage was like, it was like crunch time. It was like, get out of debt. Crushed it. Free card. Get out of <laughs> get debt. out of debt. Get out of jail free. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you consider debt like jail, then yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and you know the other thing too that and, and this it really it's a team effort, right? Because we actually I know there's some people differ in their viewpoints on this, but when we got married, we combined all of our income. There was no separation. Yeah, we got a joint account. Joint bank account. No separation of of state church and state here. I mean, it's we everything was together, and so. Yes mine and mine is mine yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) it forces you when you do that it forces you to work together to communicate with each other and to work together as a team and that's one of the most critical elements of really succeeding in in married life is making sure you're moving as a unit in a unified direction it was pretty cute because we were just getting married not even married yet and he was like looking at these student loan papers and i didn't fully comprehend the weight of it i'm like yeah that's a lot of money but i don't know i'm, I'm eating rice uh, cakes and- <laughs> I, I barely eat so we can afford it um but he looked at these things and he was like okay how are we going to do this? And he like took on my debt as his own. And it felt 
so nice. He was like, you know, coming in. It was a joint effort coming alongside me like, okay, this is now my debt too and moving forward together. And Mm -hmm. so when you take those burdens and you share them together, it's a shared load, a shared burden. And then it just feels lighter. Yeah. No, I totally someone to help you and you have to help keep each other. I mean, lovingly keep each other accountable to it as well. Like, you know, that one of the things that we would do when I would do these monthly budgets, ideally, I'd love to have Amber do some of them, but she's not going to do that. So, but (laughs) she should at least know what's going on. So after I do the budget, give me a review, we'd have a quick monthly (laughs) review and we'd talk about the finances. Where did we overspend? Like, hey, babe, we really overspent in this area. We really got to watch this for next year. Did we do good this month? Yeah. And so like we, well, we way overspent in eating out. We got to pair that back, you know? So that's one of the good things about- Why is our gas bill so high? (laughs) Whatever. It's one of the, one of the things that's cool about keeping a spread spreadsheet so you have an idea of where your expenditures are coming from so you know where you can need to really focus on dialing back and it gives you more intentionality moving into the next month you may be the only person i know who likes making spreadsheets it no there's a lot of people who literally like, like it's like it's like pulling teeth for me yeah. to make a spreadsheet there's a special place in hell for people who make spreadsheets right yeah. is that the viewpoint yep <laughs> I don't understand your brain, but I'm thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. But it takes, I mean, but you've been open. What I love about you is you've been open to the communication and the dialogue. It's not, you don't put up resistance to it. Yeah. You seek to understand it and you seek to work together on it, you know? Well, I think the important thing is you're in this together. You obviously don't want to make your ship go under. We're all on the ship together, mm-hmm. us and the kids. I don't want to poke a big hole in the bottom of the ship to where Mm -hmm. water is leaking in and then all you you know next thing you know we're we're sinking and we're in debt and i'm spending way above our means and i mean who's that helping i mean retail therapy is fun and all don't get me wrong but as long as what is within the confines of what you can afford yeah you know i just like i like knowing my limits of like here is my limit and i like staying in there so that there's no um uncomfortable strain and that's you know. the scary part. We're both really, really good retail therapists. We like shopping. Therapists. We love shopping. When like, we're really both do. in a shopping mood, it it's can dangerous. be scary. Yeah. Like on Black Friday. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Don't you got to be careful that. there. So, yeah. but that's part of keeping each other accountable and really like, yeah, you got to ask this, yourself the question: Is this? Do I really need this? Is yeah. this a need or is it a want? And nine times out of ten, everything you're looking at, purchasing is a want it's not a need and so you got to be willing to sacrifice your wants for your needs because sometimes you need to get out of debt you need to slow down your purchase habits and if you're out of debt then there's nothing wrong with treating yourself and Mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong with treating yourself a little bit here and there you you know you when you are in debt but like that debt should be priority Mm -hmm. um and another thing we do speaking of christmas and uh Black Friday is we do an envelope system with that too, where every month we put away money for Christmas, at least $50 a month towards yeah. Christmas presents. Cause we have large families, a lot of gifts to buy and you don't want all of that to come out of your December, November paychecks. So every month we put a little bit aside for Christmas as well. And, and that just yeah. helps us. Yeah. Even it out. And don't get me wrong. We usually go over, we yeah. end up going over, <laughs> but at least we set aside 600 bucks or so yeah. for Christmas it gifts. It's it really buffer. helps buffer that. So you don't have all of that cost. And cause then again, that's another tension point at Christmas time is, I mean, we've even yeah. had it. We've even had the tension point of, 
you know, because we draw names on my side, but we don't on her side. And so it kind of begs the question, it's like, well, how much do we spend on a gift per person if we have all these gifts to buy, you know? I love giving gifts. Yeah. And it's like um, a love language of mine to give gifts and give nice gifts. And so that's an area where we had to find a balance. Yeah. Um, Because I could easily spend over our budget per person, but I try to stay within it because I know we have a lot of people to buy for and our family yeah. just keeps growing. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps growing. And we love spoiling each other and the kids. Yeah. So it, it adds up. It adds up real fast. Definitely. Anyways, so we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, now we're coming to the end here. Hopefully this was helpful. And yeah, let us know your guys' budgeting um, and tax tics, tips and tax ticks. Ticks, tax, tips, and tax tricks. tips, tax tips, kind of like tactics, tips and tricks, tax tips, taxes are so taxing. <laughs> <sighs> Say that 10 times fast. Taxes are taxing. Yeah. Well, if you have any questions or any thoughts or any tips and helpful tricks, see, it's hard to say. Go ahead and throw them in the comments below and we'll love to engage <laughs> with you guys. If you have any topics for the coming weeks, feel free to throw them down below. And uh, I guess until then, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.